You're listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast, our monthly podcast that we put out um, where we interview different prominent leaders and individuals throughout the denomination about uh, subjects that are close to them, things that they know. And today I'm here with two very important men for the IPHC and uh, for the ministry worldwide. Um, we have Bob Cave, who is actually the Continental Director of Europe Middle East area. And then we also have Russell Board, who is from Asia and Pacific areas. He's over the, the, um, the areas there. And uh, these, these guys both work very closely with all of the missionaries in those fields. And they also are working very closely back here in the, uh, in the headquarters you know, in America, working with us to branch out and to really spread the ministry to all parts of the, the world. So, guys, how's it going? Great, great. Great, great. Garrett. Thanks, Garrett, for having us here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Absolutely. It's great to have you guys. Um, what I want to talk about today is really things that you have noticed going from starting here and going into the mission field internationally. What are some of the biggest challenges for you in your areas? Because I know that, of course, you both are in different areas, so it's going to be a slightly different experience or maybe a completely different experience for both of you all. But what are some of the initial challenges you ran into getting into the mission field and progressing into you know, being a continental director? I guess both of us started off as missionaries, yes. uh, grassroots, mm-hmm. which is uh, starting off with evangelism and starting off with uh, uh, discipleship and church planting and being a part of all that. So it, it was probably the most interesting part was um, just the one-on-one you have every day, every single day with another culture. And you're, you're the minority amongst that culture, and uh, you're trying to learn their culture. Mm-hmm. So, so those, those first year or two is the struggling time of trying to grasp a language and then grasp what they're thinking and what they're saying to you, and, and are we on the same wavelength? So that takes a, a quite a long time. That's right, and uh, you have to go in as a learner. You can't go in with all these ideas of all the things you, you think you can do right away. You might want to do these things and have the desire and the passion and the vision to do them, but you're going to have to take some time and wait and learn before you can do anything. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a learning experience, <laughs> at least the first year or two, I, I and some of the learning isn't pleasant. No, is no, it? <laughs> no. I remember the first, first thing, experience I had was I came from a corporate background. I had a, a daytiming cal- calendar that had the hours all knocked off and everything like that, and uh, you know, we, it was a high-profile type of business that we were in. And then, I, and then I got to Haiti, and I, <laughs> I met another culture that didn't keep time of watches or really days. Mm-hmm. And oh, so wow. I'd have a, I'd say, oh, well, I'll meet you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Well, 9 o'clock really didn't mean 9 o'clock to him. And so, you know, two days later, he'd show up. And I think, what happened to him? <laughs> well, the truck that he was on or the bus that he was on broke down. They slept on the side of the road. And no big deal. I'm here now. Maybe we can meet. So I finally learned you threw your date timer away and you threw that whole thing away and you got into their culture. Otherwise, you'd be totally frustrated all the time. (laughs) Yeah. The way they often put it is that we in America and much of the West, we're time conscious, but they, in many other cultures of the world, are event conscious. So it's not when the thing starts and when it finishes (laughs) isn't the most important thing in their mind. It's that we had the event. So... Yeah. So what if you're late? It doesn't matter. We still did it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the important thing. And so you have to adjust to those things, see the culture from their point of view. 
was it was it particularly hard at first to make that transition out of that mind? Because you know we grew up in this mindset of, well, hey, nine o'clock, I got to be there, or I'm going to be five minutes late, and somebody's yeah. going to get frustrated. Or what was interesting is that when I finally learned to do that. Uh, if he showed up and I wasn't there now, it's no big deal. He'll wait for right. me for a couple of days. <laughs> and so we had a place that he could sleep. So if he waited a couple of days because now I'm out of town for the next day, yeah. he didn't care. You know, his his thing was the event. So he just wanted to come in and see me and have some discussion about what it's doing out in his area. And so that was what he wanted to accomplish that week. You know, I'm thinking right. it's going to be like a one or two hour session. It could have been. Right. But right. it didn't matter if it was Monday or if it was Wednesday or if it was Friday. <laughs> <laughs> now, does that, does that cut down on the amount of, of, I guess you'd say, stress in people's lives, you think? Or, I mean, would that... I think so. Uh, it yeah. adds stress to us because we're not used to it. But it's <laughs> a very stressful <laughs> thing for us. But uh, it's a humbling thing, too. because You come in thinking, well, we're, we're doing it the right way. Why can't they do it our way? Yeah. But you have to learn, no, it's not, it's not the right way and the wrong way. It's a different way. And so it's a humbling thing. But once you, you adjust, then the stress does kind of go away. Don't leave it I think you also learned uh, that uh, your plan A doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. ever start with plan A. No. Uh, plan A is usually out the window by 9 o'clock. <laughs> That's right. So then you're on plan B. Then you're on plan C. And, okay, maybe we'll get plan D somewhere down the road. So you, you really had to go into some flexible planning. Otherwise, it was yep. a frustrating exactly. experience. And get into the, into the synchronization of their culture. So their culture. I think those are the things you learn at the beginning that really helps you. <laughs> so, okay, we can survive this, you know. Now, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. You know, I've been, I've been learning recently after a lot of this experience. And we, we in America and we in the West place a high value on efficiency. And we think the more efficient that we are, the better we are. But the more I think about it, and it's the encounter with other cultures that's helped me to see this, the more I think about it is God doesn't place a high value on efficiency. He really doesn't. He doesn't yeah. mind taking a long time to do things. Just, just think about the way that he works in our lives and the things that he brings us through to form our character. He doesn't mind taking his time. He'll, no. you know, he'll spend 10 years, 20 years working on our <laughs> character uh, because it, uh, it's the result that he wants to get. Even uh, And when he created the world, he could have done it just like that. But no, he either took seven days or maybe he took billions of years, however you measure it right. according to your, to your scientific theories. But he took time to, to create the world and to recreate us. So um, efficiency isn't as high a value to me as it used to be. Yeah, And also, I, th- I think when you get there, you feel an obligation to all those people that are behind you as far as your mm. your prayer base and your support base and everything like that as a missionary. So you think, I have to perform right away. Right. So therefore, my performance will be measured on how successful I am. Mm. And like Russell said, God's not measuring it that way. It's the mm. pressure we put on ourselves to say, i got to perform. You know, i got to get this thing rolling right away because there's expectations of me. And they're not the same as God's expectations. He's, he's, I think, more telling us to chill out and get, start building relationships. Exactly. Rather I think than, relationships is it. Right. That's a high value to in God's sight. Yeah. It's the relationship. So yeah. rather than it, performance. Right. Right. Not performance and not efficiency. It's relationship that matters to God. Now, something I've noticed, and that brings up a, a, an interesting subject. That's something that it's a trend that I've started to see. I think among. Among some of my peers, but mm-hmm. also I think in a lot of ministries today, and tell me if, if this is um, how you guys feel about this, but that brings up the, uh, the idea that the relationship ministry is sometimes, or maybe all the time, more um, effective 
then a lot of these other, you know, people will do street dramas and street ministries, not to down those things, no. but at the same time, the more um, effective ministry is, like you said, building those relationships. You're totally right. And, and is totally. that, is that, oh, totally. now I've noticed yeah, yeah. that trend starting to happen here, but I think it's, it's taking a while. It's good. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're so performance oriented. Yes. You know, yeah. we got to have a program. We got to have a performance. We got to do something that'll attract people. But relationships, again, we're we're learning now after thirty years of of being in it, in it that wow, it's all going back to all the relationships that we've built over the years that paid off on both sides of the of the pond. So whether we're in America or whether we're on the field, uh, it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. And when we when we went to Japan. Um, we found that the Japanese are very polite and welcoming, but you can't just go and give them the gospel and expect them to accept it. They'll be polite, they'll listen, but you have to take the time to build a relationship of trust to get that, that trust level to the point where they will really listen and believe what you have to say. So street evangelism or a big crusade is not going to do very much there mm-hmm. because they're not going to listen to somebody they don't know and don't trust. So you got to take the time. you got to invest in the relationship first in order to have your words heard and believed. And would that go back to, I feel like from what I've heard, uh, especially in, in like Asian culture, the respect structure is is part of what, and tell me if, if I'm correct on this or I'm totally out, but that's part of um, a big makeup of the society. So if they earn that trust from you or you earn their trust, that gains respect, which does allow does help the society to listen better to these types of things, especially right. if it goes against, mm-hmm. you know, upbringing or that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, you do see there there is a... Uh, an emphasis on respect for authority, respect for elders, respect for people with certain status, teachers, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, those those are helpful to us. If we can gain their respect, then they'll listen to us. Listen and that's up. a big thing in, in most societies, to respect for each other. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, that they, uh, you've heard of losing face. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's the yes. last thing they ever want to do is is be embarrassed in front of somebody else mm-hmm. or or you may put them down mm-hmm. or you may say something derogatory towards them or something like that. So that's a uh, all cultural things that you learn as you come into these places that uh, respect is a big deal. That's and, right. And, and, and building that relationship. And what, what you said about losing face is, is so important there because you can go in and have all your arguments straight and win an argument and think I've showed them the truth, but... If you if you've caused them to lose face, that's not going to get you anywhere with them. Yeah, uh, they're they're still not going to receive what you have to say. I heard a friend uh, saying to me, uh, you know, you can easily win the argument, you know, especially if you're if you're you've got some wisdom and you've got some some ways with words and you can win the argument but lose the relationship. Exactly. And then you got nothing. Yeah. You know, you yeah. just won. Yeah, I, I won. Nothing. I won. <laughs> so so now what? So now the, the ministry aspect is you lost that. You lost yeah. that because yeah. you know you won the argument. Yeah. Right. That's right. Now, real quick, and we're we're kind of getting close to the, the end of our time, so I want to ask you guys on on a communications um, viewpoint on both in both areas and with mm-hmm. what you do. Uh, one, how hard is it to communicate coming from a you know if, if language barriers or that sort of thing? How hard is it to integrate, or is is it a little bit easier than we might think it is because of English being more of a popular language? How is it 
to communicate to each of your respective communities. Now, I know in Europe, obviously, English is going to be predominant. Um, in Europe and, and uh, even a lot of places in the Middle East, the people you're dealing with at the level that I'm dealing with people is mostly in English. In English so I have the odd interpreter that, that jumps right in there, and, and I build a relationship with an interpreter as well yeah. so that he feels like he's part of that whole team. But in most cases, English carries carries it through because there's, there's uh, a lot of languages in any particular region, whether it's Russ's or mine or yeah. Caribbean or anywhere else in the world, Africa. There's just a lot of languages, yeah. but if you can get a common language like, like English, uh, it goes a long ways. And, and you can build a strong relation, stronger relationship with them. I mean, if you're going to concentrate like Russ does, maybe at, for, at first in just Japan, I'm sure you can build relationships in Japanese. Right. But now when he goes to Thailand and those other places, he has to revert to his home, his mother tongue. So. Yeah. 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 And um, English, we are blessed in a way because English has become more of a global language. So um, we, it does open a lot of doors for us uh, into many different countries being able to speak English. And there's a certain level of people, a certain number of people that we can reach using English, and we should. But then there's another level of, of the culture that you really have to get into the heart language in order to communicate the gospel to them in a way that, that it makes sense to them and that they can receive. So there's a place for, for using English and a place for just getting down there and learning the local language and uh, communicating the gospel to the people who only understand that. Gary, can I say one thing to the pastors of U.S., yes, our yes. pastors, that um, because language is, is a, a, a great uh, icebreaker, uh, the pastors of U.S. can easily talk to our pastors around the world. We can link them up through through uh, Skype and through mm. Face uh, FaceTime and through all sorts of means now that they can build a relationship and a friendship, and their church can be part of their church. So, I mean, in other words, we, we almost got a, 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 it's not just in your own county, but they can, they can have a, a church friend across the, across the way that needs their encouragement. So a pastor in the U.S. could be a great friend to somebody in Thailand or somebody in, in Romania or something like that. So yeah. I would encourage our pastors that with the social media that we've got now and the means that we've got to do it, that uh, ask us, ask the missions department, how, how can I be in touch? I'm looking for, for pastors that will help mentor some of our new uh, immigrants to Israel. So these are Russian-speaking, but they're also English-speaking. Right, and, right. And so they, they'll speak English to you. And in Russell, I'm sure, has got a number of areas. So I'm just encouraging pastors that this is a small globe mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, that's a great idea. And another a similar thing is that I believe God is bringing people into America from all over the world. Yes, they're here. So you can, you can be involved in missions if you look in your own neighborhood, look in your own backyard, because mm-hmm. the immigrants who are coming in, they need help. Mm-hmm. And if you reach out to help them, yeah. it's an open door to share the gospel with yes. them. It, they're more open there. They're yes. more open here in America than they are in, in their own country. So God is bringing them here to receive the gospel, yeah. I believe. That's, yeah. that's a lot of, of why it's happening. Absolutely. And that... And I, to that effect, it, it starts to build a global unity among the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would that would totally. ultimately, yeah, yeah. ultimately yeah. be yes. for His glory and, Amen. and yeah. you know magnified ways. Amen. Guys, I really appreciate you sitting down talking with us today. Um, I know that uh, this will this will definitely help um, not only build. Uh, upon the knowledge base that our listeners will have, but also just really help them kind of uh, grasp a bigger a bigger picture mm. of what's, what's yeah, all going on. So, so you guys do amazing work. I know we've worked together yep. in the past and, and continue to, to work together. So 
um, it's always a pleasure, and, and uh, we'll hopefully have another one of these interviews soon. All the yeah, best to you, Thanks Garrett. a lot. All yeah. the best. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org. Thank you.